Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on our socials as you do each and every Tuesday. We are, of course, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter this evening. Joining me tonight, as always, we have Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto. Guys, appreciate you guys both being here. It is... uh, it's been a week. It's been a week. We've got uh, some news to talk about. We've got some New Mexico United scores and matches to go over. And uh, I do have one burning question for you this week. Earl, where's my refund? You're muted. Working on it. Okay. <laughs> the sooner you can get me my money, the sooner I'd appreciate it. So. So here's the funny part that people mistake very, very sadly. People mistake me for being the unemployment office, which I'm not. <laughs> they also mistake me for having some kind of money. As Jacob can very astutely attest to, I work for the state. There's no money involved. <laughs> I think Jacob's going to avoid answering that question. Or avoiding that statement, if at all possible. Yeah, I get paid just fine. So, my burning question for Jacob is, uh, "What's in your fridge?" Oh, let's see here. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to hear you, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> bacon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all you need is bacon. Yeah, that's all you need. This is just a riveting hey. podcast. Did he say cotton candy grapes? <laughs> yeah, he did. You've never had them? Looks like there's fruity pebbles on the top or something. But yeah, no, they they're, they legitimately taste like cotton candy. That's right. <laughs> Earl is so, amazed um, that you're cotton candy grapes. So one, I'm blown away by cotton candy grapes. Apparently so they're want- incredible. If you want to drive to Moyarty and just like give me one cotton candy grape, I'd be okay with that. Uh, just um, go to Sam's Club and buy you a pack. Yeah, that's stupid. Um, number two, <laughs> are those fruity pebbles on your fridge? No. Honey smacks. Even bit. Actually, no. Honey Ooh, smacks taste like honey. freaking rotten milk. Interesting. I'll, I'll pass. I'll take I some Reese's Puffs, though. If you got some Reese's Puffs. No, I've got. Uh... If you have some it's of the a, uh, some of the big bag um, fruity dino bites, I'd be okay with that. I have some honey nut Cheerios, some peanut butter Cheerios, uh, some honey in a jar, a cookie jar that is currently empty, sadly, and um, a Kinder egg. Oh, my kids would take that in a heartbeat. Uh, it's I get we bought three of them the other day for the three kids, and one of them threw a fit. So they did not get their Kinder Egg, and now mm. it's just sitting up there. Exactly. That's when Earl went and grabbed something. I don't know what he grabbed, but <laughs> we don't want to know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting week. Had an interesting evening this evening. My my plans changed last minute, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting evening. Um, 
Also, if anyone has a kid or maybe interested in coaching Yaffle, please let me know. I thought you were asking for their kid. No. You were no, just no. like, if anybody has a kid, uh, we'll, <laughs> I, I will take them. No, I was going to say, if we have a kid that's interesting playing football, but the, uh, the the registration is well past due and we can no longer add kids to our roster. So, um, yeah. I, I'm sure you guys remember Yaffle had some issues in the fall no. and, we're all, and we're all over the news due to parents fighting no you guys don't remember that at all i don't i i pay very little attention to the news okay yeah there was so yaffle had some issues last fall with parents getting into fights and cops being involved it was all over the news um why are are you picking fights seth i had nothing to do with yaffle last fall i mean the backwards hat energy coming off of you is is very douchey uh if i'm being (laughs) honest so I, i can see why some fights were started I, I had nothing to do with it. I had absolutely nothing to do. Harry, what's going on, buddy? Glad to see you. Glad to see oh, you. Oh, yeah, I was out last week, huh? Forget yeah, you were. We, we waited. We tried. We thought maybe you would get on, and you just weren't there in time. So We didn't go until like 10, 15. I didn't even try to get on. Yeah. No, no worries. Me and Earl held it down. Earl did a uh, a good job, as always. So uh, glad to well, see you. I don't know. Earl's, got, Earl's been... He's been more professional when I'm gone, to be fair. Yeah. Except for he can't figure out when he's muted and when he's not. <laughs> yeah, step one, Earl, unmute yourself. Just never mute it. Make Seth work. <coughs> Sorry, Seth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's been an interesting weekend. Um, there were some, we played on a Rio Rancho over the weekend at the sports park. I'd never been there before. And uh, due to the amount of rainfall in the area, uh, the it didn't rain, rain Saturday. What are you talking about? It rained like all day no, Saturday. It, it doesn't rain in New Mexico. Brief. You're full of shit. The, we were the, at, I was in town Saturday. It didn't. It rained in the morning, and then it did not rain again. And like the the game was perfect weather. Great it was fantastic. Beautiful yeah. weather for the game. Yeah, no, it was. Um, game was great uh, on Saturday, but yeah, it, it like rained all morning Saturday morning. And uh, yeah, the, the pit, the field out of the sportsplex on Saturday was like completely waterlogged. Like it didn't matter where you walk, like you, you step down and you swish down into the ground. It's like a puddle of water around your foot. I had to stop and go after the game was over on Saturday. I had to go buy socks because my feet were so wet. I was like, this is miserable. Um, but yeah, Rio Rancho PD got involved Saturday due to some issues. Yaffle only had and two referees for every game apparently um yeah it was just wasn't pleasant so yeah interesting weekend um turns out our coach may be stepping down so that's fine. You're, gonna, you're gonna step up um i'm gonna step up i don't know whether or not i'll be apparently i don't apparently there is a certified head coach position i'm a certified yaffle coach but i'm not apparently a certified head coach so um I am not on vacation, Harry. I wish I was. I need to be. He's just letting himself go. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I had to pick up my son this evening unexpectedly. So um, he is here for an extra night. So um, yeah. I want to say things, but I don't want to say things on air live. <laughs> so, so I don't know about what, but um, no, his mom had to work. So, oh, OK. Uh, yeah. So he's here extra night this week. That's so, what yeah. they all say. Um. So anyway, 
We uh, we've got a lot to get to this week. New Mexico United, of course, last week had two home matches again, and for the first time in club history, the club the the club was on a three match home losing streak after the loss on Wednesday to Memphis 901 FC. And in the history, the club had never lost two in a row at home. Um, what did you guys? First of all, let me ask. I mean, obviously the the home form has not been there this year. Were you surprised to see us go? three matches in a row with losses at home? No. A little bit. A little bit. Uh, it hasn't been... The home form hasn't been good, but it also... I mean, we had only lost, I think, two matches at home going into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a shitload of draws. And when you watch the home games, it's usually a late collapse that has doomed us uh very i mean we had the birmingham game where we just kind of didn't show up but other than that it's been they've all been competitive and and i thought we we at least would fight enough to get some draws in there so so three home losses uh the the first two were the ones that i had the bigger problem with uh memphis uh i full disclosure i have not gone back and watched that match um but Going into it, Memphis was I, I thought Mem- I thought very highly of Memphis. Uh, they've been a very solid squad. They've been in second place in the East um, most of the the season so far. And and um, when you look at our road form plus or our home form plus their form in general, uh, it didn't necessarily line up uh, to be a positive result for us. And thought maybe we could get a draw, but. So going into it, going into that match, I wasn't uh, super optimistic. Yeah, I wasn't either. I want to say, I know I predicted a two-one loss in that match, Earl. I don't remember what you predicted. Um, Who, Harry? I th- oh, I think Earl said three-one. Yeah, I think I said three-one. Yeah, three-one uh, win. No, I I th- Earl said three-one loss. Um, you guys both predicted. No wonder we fucking lost. No, I predicted. <laughs> so guys. Wednesday, yes, I predicted a loss. Yeah, yeah, you both predicted losses on Wednesday. That's what made it happen. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I, I and it's. Uh, I don't know. Against, we're going against the number two team in the East at home. Yeah, of course we're gonna lose. Yeah, it was not a matchup that I had rated very highly for us, particularly with how we've been playing uh, of late. So, yeah, I think it was an easy, I think it was kind of an easy pick there to go against United. Um, I definitely expected better out of us, but I felt like Memphis just came in and outplayed us pillar to post in that one. Um, That's not to say that, you know, it was 100% bad, but... Memphis's was clearly the better team Wednesday night, just clearly. And we haven't said that a lot this season where I, where we've gone up against someone and said that that team was the absolute better team on the pitch. Exactly. I mean, J- Jacob, you said you hadn't, you hadn't watched it. Earl, did you go back and watching that? Did you have any takeaways from that Memphis match? I haven't had time. I'm going to be honest. I've been neck deep in, in horse shit that it's just not even funny anymore. Literal horseshit, or um, I'm pretty pretty sure it's literal horseshit. Um, but at at this point in time, I'm pretty sure it's just work. 
Okay. Um, and work is so far up my bundow that's not even funny anymore. No, well, give me a job. Pay me sixty grand a year. Give me a job. I'll, I'll help you out. Good luck, because not not even I'm making sixty grand a year. And I'm a manager. <laughs> All right, so Harriet, this is interesting here. This is and this is something that um, that I think is an interesting point. Harry thought New Mexico United would win against Memphis. Don't think the East is as good. I, as a whole, I agree with you, Harry. I don't think the East is as good top to bottom, but Memphis has been a good side all year long. I'm curious, you know, Jacob and Earl, let's get your your thoughts on this as well. And I want to see Harry's reasoning behind this, other than the fact that the East. They feel like the East isn't as good, but is the, is there a comparison between the East and West conferences here? Like, do you think that this is a matchup that United probably should have won? I don't think so. To be honest, I really don't. Um, I do believe the better team came out of it. Um, as much as it chaps Jacobs hides a little bit, it's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, the East plays a completely different form of soccer that we don't see that often especially out of the top out of the top league out of the top clubs of, the, of that league um or conference sorry um so yeah so do i think the united should have won no do i think they could have performed a little better yeah absolutely but it's neither here nor there um but yeah i think that any Top ranked, top five ranked club in the East coming into New Mexico and playing us at home is almost guaranteed a win just because of how poorly we do play at home. Okay, let's calm down there. I said almost. I, it sounds like, Jacob, you don't agree with this. No, no. So um, I, I think the East is at the top just as good, if not better than uh than the west um you look at loose city memphis tampa bay i would even throw birmingham and maybe pittsburgh into that um they, they are those five i think those five with the top four or five in the east or in the west are clearly the best 10 teams in the league um where the where the east shows its weakness is if you look at the standings currently our last place team, RGB Toros, or even our second to last place team, Orange County, they're both sitting on 27 points. That would be fighting for a playoff spot in the West. Uh, well, not really, but it would be they'd be in ninth place in the West right now, um, instead of 13th and 12th, respectively, in the in the East. Or, sorry, I think I'm getting them backwards. They're 13th and 12th in the West. They would be in ninth place in the East. Uh, so the bottom of the East is just absolute garbage, um, which could inflate the top of the East's numbers because they get to play everybody over there twice. So when Lou City plays Red Bulls 2 or Atlanta United 2, uh, those are easy points for them, whereas we just played a team that's in 11th uh, in Monterey Bay. Uh, we got the win. We looked really good. But that's a team that we've already played once this year and I believe got the draw. No, did we get a win in Monterey Bay? Now I can't remember. Uh, we drew the first time, got the okay. win the second time. Yeah. Uh, so, so we got the draw over there. And they've, I mean, they're sitting at 29 points. That's, that would be eighth player, 
just below eighth place in the East. Um, so they're a solid club. And that's where that's where the, the two conferences kind of show their differences is I think the top of both conferences are comparable, but once you get to the bottom, uh, it, it's no question the West is is loaded from top to bottom and the East, there's a clear shelf. I mean, looking at the East right now, Detroit City is in seventh place with 39. And then there's an eight point drop off from them to FC Tulsa in eighth place, uh, sitting on 31. So there's definitely a, a more staggered tier system over there in the East as compared to the West. So Harry is not wrong here in the head to head. The West obviously has done better than the East in the, in the interconference play. But yeah, there's just, like you said, there's just a drastic drop off in quality from the tops top six seven yeah. in the east to the bottom five and i i know in the head-to-head there's been some some lower seated clubs in the west that have taken points from some of the higher teams in the east but i can almost guarantee you that the majority of the west versus east head-to-head stats that favor the west are literally anybody in the west playing those bottom six or seven teams like you look at us we played Memphis and lost. We played Birmingham and lost. We played Pittsburgh and drew. Uh, we played Miami and lost. We played Detroit City and drew. Um, but then we played Charleston and won. We played Red Bulls two and 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 won, even though we were furious with it. Um, we beat Indy eleven. So so all all of our wins against the East have come against the bottom ranks, and our our losses and our draws have come against the top. So. There's just a clear, a clear drop off over there that, that I think, if you dug deeper into the head-to-head West first East stats, you would see that most of the head-to-head domination from us is coming because the the bottom of the East is just uh, absolute circus. Yeah, I will also I'll try to look up some of the stats here while we're talking, but yeah, that absolutely plays into what we talked about last week. As far as our results, you know, we played well. well I wasn't week. here last week. No, you weren't. Um, uh, we were saying last week that United uh, United's record heading against uh, against clubs below the playoff lines as of last week, we were like eight two and three, and Seven. against clubs that were yeah eight two yeah. Seven two and three. Seven two yeah. 7-2-3, and then against clubs that were above the playoff line, we're like two two did and it, seven. Did two, three, and seven. correct you on a stat? He might have. I, I had it written down. I didn't. I don't have it memorized. Wow. But um, wow. Um, wow. 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 Well, again, we had we had a very good conversation last week, and you weren't here for it. So, um, yeah, and I'm gonna derail the shit out of it tonight. So, <laughs> uh, but, and if, United isn't getting results against the clubs that are in the t- in the playoff standings. I think, like I said, I think like two, three, and seven is what we said um, last last week, and so it just kind of plays into it, you know. And I think I said I think I could be said for a lot of clubs is that they're they're beating the clubs that they should, but they're not getting results against clubs that they that they wish, that they need to get results against. I should say. Um, and it, yeah, we were we were talking about we were texting about this one the other night. I was texting it um, to these guys. Uh, Colorado just beat the Rowdies, and I thought I was not expecting that result at all. To me, that that one surprised me with how Colorado has been playing of late, particularly defensively. To see Tampa come out and lose right there, um, but yeah, again, it's head to head. 
I feel like the West is stronger than the East. You're going to have some anomalies in there, like that one there. I feel like that's an anomaly, even though Colorado is in the top half of the Western Conference. I well, truly believe that Tampa's a better club. See, I, Colorado just has had a bad run of form, but they're they're the same talented team that that I liked during the preseason and was high on going into the season. They're the same talented team that ran away with the West for a while to begin the season. They've just had a swoon. So seeing them lose to the Rowdies or seeing them beat the Rowdies isn't a shock to me. And I don't think it's a detriment to how the Rowdies are. I think. And yes, Harry, Harry, we do need to get together and talk about how Triple H is running WWE now. Didn't we already assume that? I'm sure we'll talk a clash at the castle here at some point. I can't wait. Jacob has no idea what clash at the castle is. Is it in Scotland? It's in Wales. Okay. (laughs) That's part of the United Kingdom. Did you guys know that? Yes, it is. Did you know that Earl? Yes. If you watched Ted Lasso, you would. If I wanted to watch someone lasso a Ted, I would watch Brokeback Mountain. I don't think their names were Ted, but um, I, speaking if you of, if you don't watch Ted Lasso, that's that's you're missing out, bro. That's, speaking of Wales, welcome to Wrexham debuts tomorrow on FX. Yeah, no desire to watch that whatsoever. No, yeah, how, how could you not want to watch that? There's no no um, no knowledge of what the hell that is. So it, carry on. It feels to me like they bought a team just to do a documentary. <laughs> and so because it feels that way, if it's true or not, I'm just out for right now. So our Welcome to Wrexham is a documentary series about uh, Wrexham AFC, who plays in, I believe, the fifth tier of English football currently. They're owned by uh, Ryan Reynolds. And somebody else. I don't remember. Rob McElhaney, yeah. Um, but yeah, they went and bought the club, and they've been like com- – like all in on it. So yeah, there's a docu-series coming out. I'm assuming it's going to be similar to uh, We Are Sunderland. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting that they use tomorrow. So I'm definitely going to be watching that. Um, but back to more, back to soccer closer here to us. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, Memphis was a tough watch. Um, again, I, we expect Earl and I both expected a loss out of this one. United definitely didn't play up to the standard that we thought they might. I, I, I think a draw there would have been a good result um, for us, particularly against Memphis and the way they've been playing. And and coming out of that, um, I think there were still a lot of questions. I think there were still a lot of questions that that Zach has to answer for. Um, and Earl, I apologize. I haven't got the audio from Saturday's match out yet, but I did, I did put out the audio from the press conference on Wednesday. And, you know, I, I posed the question to Zach about a potential change in tactics and using the fullbacks and the fullbacks didn't caught out of position a lot. And uh, did you guys have a chance to listen to that and get take his response in? And what did you think? No? Sure, <laughs> I got a chance to listen to it. Yeah. Yes, I did. Not a, yes, not I a, did. Look, like I said at the beginning of this thing, I've been about ears deep in in work that to this moment, I'm still doing work. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. So um, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to the post-match press conference from Wednesday night. Um, I felt like there were some really good questions. Zach actually gave some decent answers, um, some kind of insightful answers, I felt like, talking about the the form and the formations he was using and how he was employing the fullbacks. And um, so go back and give that a listen. We do have it out on the podcast feed. Um, I will be throwing up Saturday night's audio as well. Just a disclaimer, uh, disclaimer um, for those of who – for those of you who decide to listen to Saturday's audio, there are some pretty dumb questions that are asked. None of which were Earl, I believe. No comment. Okay. Um, moving right along. Uh, we if go- we get flagged by, by some other local media source, um, I didn't drop any names. All I said is there's some pretty dumb questions. <laughs> Um, heading into the weekend, United did, of course, bring in Monterey Bay FC. They drew against them earlier in the season, and on Saturday night, New Mexico United came out and picked up a 2-0 win, breaking the three-match home loss streak. Uh, so good news there. Bad news, Christian Nava went down with an injury towards the end of the match. Um, so, I mean... It, I mean, first of all, how did it feel to, to to see the guys finally get a win again at home? Do you feel like we truly outplayed Monterey, and was it worth the potential loss of Christian Nava? Um, that's a so, question. Yes, I know. So, um, how did it feel to watch it, the team get us get a win at home? It felt good, minus the fact that I still security is freaking crazy. Yeah, so or, or real quick, you did mention something about it. So what exactly happened on Saturday with Isotope Security? They racially profiled Earl. Because I'm white. And, and made him put the backpack back. That's what happened. Yeah. So. Because I walked know. in just fine. So the the other, the real story behind it is, no, I was not racially profiled by the Isotope Security. What did happen was I walked up, like I always do, with my backpack, which is a small little Nashville FC backpack. You oh, never take it. I don't have it here with me. It's in my office. Um, I walked around the line like we always do. And I was told I couldn't bring in the backpack because of the ISOPS head of security new directive that we have to adhere to spectator rules. I, I kind of fought back. Yeah, I kind of fought back on it a little bit. Um, called my wife, came, she came pick up my backpack. I was going back around, and she then made me stand in the back of the line and wait for the spectator line to clear. So, yeah, I did address it with the club already, um, with more than one person of the club. And they said they would take care of it because there is an agreement with the isotopes whatever that media can bring in their bags. So, it's such is life. So for, for those of you that don't know, the public cannot bring in backpacks. They're allowed to bring in clear bags, correct? Yes. They're allowed to bring in clear bags. And now I, I posed the question to David Carl um, back before the season when that policy was announced that clear bags had to be used. I said, look, do we as media have to use these clear bags? I said, because I'm not comfortable walking around with hundreds of dollars worth of equipment. You know, whether it's my my, my pod track, my laptop, camera, you know, whatever the case may be. I'm not comfortable walking around with a clear bag. Dave's like, no, no, no. You guys, your media, you're excluded from that. You don't have to worry about it. So I'm wondering what happened 
and why suddenly isotope security is feeling the need to enforce this policy upon, especially upon media. I mean, I, I literally think it was just an Earl thing because I took mine in no problems, skipped the line, walked right in. Um, everybody else that's media aside from Ken, cause he's old school and does a pad and paper, uh, is going to have a bag with some kind of equipment in it, including the journal, the journals photographers, and they were there. So I, 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 I think it was a miscommunication, uh, where that Earl was just happened to be the one that, that got caught up in. Yeah, it's entirely possible. So, uh, hopefully, uh, I hope security doesn't have any issues again, because I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of weird, kind of odd that that happened. But Earl, fortunately, you were able to get into the game. They did let you keep your phone at least. Yeah, um, at least that. I mean, I got to be at the game dressed. Um, so that's always good. I didn't get any fingers where they don't belong. So that's yeah. that's that's a plus to some. Yeah. Um, to some others, they they, they may enjoy that, but I I don't personally. <laughs> um. So yeah, Jacob, Jacob, you were there with point. your family. You weren't down on the field or anything. Earl, you were. Um, what did you see there at the end with with Christian? Um, I saw Christian chasing the ball towards the stands or the seats, and then he tried to make some like maneuver, and all you hear is a loud pop, and then he goes down, and then the uh, no not not that one not that one hold on not that one not that one and we'll go with this one the durak of a keeper that what the fuck just happened <laughs> the the keeper from from monterey bay decided to clap when when nava went down which i thought was very unprofessional but then he did go back and offer to help nava up nava obviously said to um hold on i got that one in here too that one is he then told um the keeper to kuso kurai um and to a japario tuna ari Earl's having a stroke right now, so I'm just going to mute his <laughs> mic. And then... Um... So, legitimately, what those words were is how to swear around the world. Actually, that says how to fucking swear around the world, but... Um... Yeah, that too. So, Paraguayan. Right. <laughs> and Okay, so, and then we did see... Uh, Nava with some ice around his ankle, it looked like, uh, after the match. So, uh, I don't think it's ever good when you hear a pop, like Earl described. No, no, it's definitely not. I know several folks were confused um, on social media about the... People the, were confused on social media? <sighs> no way. <laughs> Apparently. Um, so yeah, you couldn't really see, you, you couldn't hear it on hear that on the on the broadcast, but you do see Christian kind of slide in, try to make a tackle, and you see his leg kind of get caught up under him. Um, my initial reaction when I saw it was that maybe it was a, a knee sprain or something along those lines, 
But with you saying that it was his ankle, my concern is that hopefully it's not an Achilles or some other, you know, uh, tendon issue there in, in the foot or the ankle, which could be a significant uh, absence for, for Christian, as we've seen with Sergio and his Achilles issue. Um, but yeah, some people were confused about why a sub wasn't used. And I know some other folks have answered that question already across social media, but we had already used all three windows available to us. So we couldn't make a substitution for Christian there. Um, but I mean, aside from the injury to Christian, I mean, uh, Jacob, what was your initial takeaway from Saturday night? I thought we finally performed how we should have. And the crazy thing is, is I thought for huge, huge swaths of that match, we just dominated. We controlled everything that we wanted to control. Um, they would get a few half chances here and there. Uh, but for the most part, we we held the ball. We did what we wanted with the ball. Um, and yet, I'm, I still have concerns, uh, if that makes sense. Um, our, our two goals came off of a, a beautiful, beautiful free kick, obviously, by Weehan. Um, just an a absolute beauty of a goal there. Um, and then a, <laughs> a very, very uh, weird deflection off of, uh, I believe, a shot from Preston that maybe should have been an own goal. It's hard to tell. When it gets blocked, when it gets deflected that close to where the shot originated from, it's hard to tell if it was going to be on frame or not. But uh, it, it was a very, very big deflection, and and so you look at those two sh two goals, and and I think, man, that was, uh, I mean, the the skill on Weehan's shot is obviously impressive, but the rest of it is is kind of lucky. Um, and so you look at the problems that we've been having offensively, and the fact that the two goals came off of a, a free kick and then a, a, a crazy deflection. And I'm still left wanting more because there were plenty of opportunities uh, for us to put a couple more on the board, um, whether before the goals or after the goals. Um, and, and we couldn't find a way to get it in the back of the net other than those two times, which sounds kind of greedy um, as I say it out loud. But at the same time, it's like, man, we, our offense needs to click and, and while it looked really good and we scored two goals, it, it should have been more. And I think if we're, if we're clicking on all cylinders, we score more. And so we're, we're still not there. We're still not as, as good as we want, especially uh, in the final third. And, and that does kind of concern me still. Yeah, I can understand the concern, but you also have to look at the fact that that was one of our best offensive matches in quite a while, 14 shots, six of which were on target. We haven't seen that type of accuracy in quite a while. Um, normally we're kind of scraping around trying to pick up, you know, you know, ones and twos here and there as far as getting on target, at least as of late. And so I felt like this was a really good chance and we had some opportunities and, and I, and I want to talk about this too. The goal that wasn't, oh my word. Oh that, yeah. That, that should have been that. I mean, I, the only thing, and I know the flag went up against bees, but, and you made a comment, I think it was you that made a comment in our group chat saying that he wasn't interfering in the play. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't mm. in the line of sight. And that, that's not necessarily it. I think what happened was the referee assumed that because he was ahead of the play, the ball was going to him. And so he was going to play it. And so I think that's why the flag did go up. Um, 
I'm not convinced that it's 100% the right call, even looking through the laws of the game. But, I mean, how how big would that have been for Armando if he had, if that goal had stood? Well, I, I, I fully agree that it was it was called because Bees was so far off and that it, it just, the refereeing isn't always uh, the best in, I'm just going to say soccer. I'm just going to say <laughs> all of soccer, um, not just USL, but just all of soccer. It's, it's, again, I think it's stupid that we only have three referees and only one actually is in between the lines and blah, 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 blah. But I will say that um, I don't, I don't think that ball was ever meant for Weehan. He was so far offside that Brucey had to have seen him offside. But I guarantee you, Brucey saw Moreno uh, on the other side of Weehan and played it to him. the The only thing is that the defender might have taken a different path to Moreno if if Weehan wasn't there. Weehan didn't get in his way, but he might have saw Weehan, ran to Weehan first until the ball got past Weehan. And, and so maybe, I don't know, that rule is kind of unclear on those kind of situations. But um, regardless of, of why the play call was called, it was it was a beautiful play. Uh, Moreno, I mean, it would have been huge for Moreno to get off the schneid there. He, he had some chances um, earlier in the first half, especially, which I kind of, I look at your six goals on target that you mentioned and say, yes, but two of those for sure were on target, but sh- were not good shots taken. They, the one of Moreno's, he had the keeper one-on-one, basically kicked it right at him. Um, so that's an on-target shot, but wasn't dangerous whatsoever. I mean, and so the shots on target, is better than we've had recently. But I was never like, oh man, that was, ooh, yeah. It was more like, oh, what what was that? Was my reaction to more of those shots on target than, than not. So had that third goal gone in, obviously we'd be singing a different, or had that third goal counted, we'd obviously be, I'd be singing a little bit different tune, but still just want to see some better finishing and, um, so I feel like we've had chances all year. Yeah. Shit, I feel like we've had chances since the inaugural season. Um, and the problem a lot of the times is just not been able to find the back of the net. Earl, what was your take on how Preston played on Saturday night? I know he's been kind of an, an enigma, let's put it that way, in terms of his form. How do you – what did you take away from his performance? I thought he played really good. Um I mean, obviously, he catches the interception at half at midfield and then takes it in for a goal um, right after we score our first one. So that was obviously a motivational for him, um, a motivation for him. But the rest of the match, I mean, he he was just all over the place, just constantly doing something. He was here, he was, he was there. He was constantly trying to get involved in the play, um, constantly looking for the ball to either – be the play or be part of, um, which is something we haven't really seen in a while. Usually we see the ball hit some kind of perennial brick wall or proverbial brick wall and at midfield and then just always play back to the keeper. We didn't really see that this past match. We we saw it 
constantly in the attacking third, um, constantly players constantly looking to score. I mean, we definitely came out super hungry um, to put on a show in front of the fans for sure. Yeah, Preston looked really good. And I feel like he had some really good instances throughout the night. Um, like you said, he, he got involved, got into the attack, made some pretty good runs going forward. You picked up on something else too that I didn't quite, I didn't see on the broadcast. Um, you said it looked like he had gotten into it with with Kevon at one point. Um, can you talk a little about about what happened and did some, did it kind of clear up after that or? Um, was, was that something that maybe there's some like, just like a lack of chemistry there? Um, it's probably just lack of chemistry really. Um, you figure you have two very good players in Preston and Freighter. Um, both of them are constantly trying to make a play on the ball. Um, so what happened there was Freighter got a pass to him. He went to head it. And he headed it the wrong direction. And that's when him and Preston had some pretty colorful words towards each other. Um, Did it clear up after that? That's to be determined because Preston got subbed off about immediately after that. So would it have cleared up? I'm I'm sure it would have. Um, Do I think there was some kind of miscommunication and lack of chemistry between the two? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Freighter, this is his second third game maybe first playing with with Preston on the pitch with him um so yeah there's definitely going to be some lack of communication in real game minutes um it happens all the time to the best of teams I mean we've seen Tom Brady sag his head down because Gronk wasn't catching the ball running the right route for him and those two have played together for 800 years um so, yeah, do I think it was something minor? Absolutely. Um, was it kind of major at the time? Because it, yeah, I think it was. Because it showed the other team that there was a definite lack of communication between the two. And it could have definitely been a been a target if they wanted it to be. So, Will Seymour missed the match on Saturday night. We uh, It was reported as being due to yellow card accumulation. Um we also know that he did take a hit on Wednesday evening. Do you think this was United just, you know, kind of be like, okay, we're going to take advantage of this. He's, you know, he, he's going to be yellow carded or, or you got the, the accumulation rule. Um, do we, do we get any sort of update on, on him on Saturday? Uh, no, no. Okay. No, no one asked really. Um, it was mainly the health of Nava and the well-being of him. Um, but obviously, Zach had the very Zach answer of, we'll wait and see. All right, Jacob, uh, did you watch the match on Saturday in, in, in entirety, or did you kind of like just pick pieces of it? Uh, well, when you came- I know you had your kids, so like yeah, obviously... You, funny story here so I, we were we were pretty into it i sit um i sat with my uh my buddy will has season tickets uh and the the seats right next to his were available so i picked those up um had all three of my kids my wife my mom uh, and then will his wife and their their little girl who's uh right in line with my my two youngest um 
And then I don't know if you guys know John Clark um, wrote a story about him in year one, um, battled battled health issues, was in a wheelchair for a long time, and now he's he's doing a lot better. He has season tickets in the front row, right in front of my buddy. Uh, so we all sat there, we watched it, we were pretty invested in it. Um, kind of like when I'm down there on the field with Earl, though, uh, you pick up a lot of good things. You pick up uh, some good angles of things. You pick up the communication or lack thereof at times. Uh, but you also don't get like the broad sense of the game and the spacing and and kind of what's really going on. So I, I went back and watched a little bit of the match here and there um, uh, throughout the, the last couple of days. But for the most part, it was just when I was there and, and, and I picked up, or I, I feel like I, I got a pretty good sense of what was going on. The funny story though. So when we hand scored that free kick, uh, the sky was absolutely incredible behind him. And so right before uh, whoever it was that got fouled to produce that free kick got fouled, I said, I got to get a picture of this. And I had my camera back with me. Um, so I went to go get my camera got it out uh went to go take a picture right before we hand kicked uh said memory card full uh which was a crock of shit because i know it wasn't because i had just cleared it and so i was like what the hell um pop that one out real quick popped another one in uh right when we hand was going to take the free kick for real this time camera up to the face click the button uh memory card full um on another empty memory card for sure. So uh, bottom line is I didn't get a picture of the goal or the celebration like I should have had my camera not been malfunctioning. And uh, and then while I was still messing with it, Tabor scores his goal. Uh, so I didn't see that until it was already in the back of the net. So um, the two minutes that really counted kind of sucked because <laughs> I was distracted with the camera. <laughs> Emotional, damn it! <laughs> 100%. 100%. But, uh, but no, I thought uh, I was able to, to catch the chat or catch the the most of the match pretty good and I and, uh, was very happy with it. I gotta ask, now, and I'm, I'm asking as I watch the goal of the week nominees, did bees get gypped? Eh. I mean, it's a great goal. I haven't looked at the other nominees, but... Um, at this point, I don't. If they they know if they put United in there, United wins. So <laughs> they don't always do it. Um, I will say that though that uh, real quick, this was my first time seeing. It's brighter. It's um, And so I have some thoughts on him, uh, and I loved it. Uh, he looked fantastic. Um, very excited to have him back. And uh, if he, uh, I heard mostly good things about Wednesday's match too. So two matches in a row, he, him looking pretty good coming, coming in right off the bat fresh and, and uh, think that that could be a huge part uh, for the second half or this, this final stretch of the season for us. Yeah, he's definitely looked good. He definitely looks like he's, he's fit and he's, you obviously he's used to the hashtag altitude. And he's a guy that's seemingly going to be able to make a difference uh, here coming down the stretch. So, um, yeah, he's looked good. I feel like he's had an impact, definitely. And you could, 
you can see him getting frustrated when he's not quite getting the touch that he wants or not quite getting the shot that he wants. And I think that's something that we've needed to see from some guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we had, uh, you didn't, you mentioned Seymour being out. Um, obviously Rivas and, and Kisavetter have been out for a while now. Uh, Nico was listed as questionable uh, going into the match and then obviously wasn't in the 18. So, so we we were talking about the signing of Freighter right after Romario and uh, and looking at the roster, we were like, well, "What the hell's going on here?" Well, I, we need that depth now with with two two or three attacking options, and then the release of of Illich and and whatnot. And so he he's he's going to be huge when it comes comes time to to the playoff stretch and and trying to secure a home game if we won a home game in the playoffs, which is yet to be determined. Well, there you have it. Saturday night in New Mexico and I picked up a 2-0 win over Monterey Bay FC. And Jacob, you just mentioned the playoff push. And uh, yeah, I'm looking at the USL. Nicholas Murray hasn't put out his uh, playoff t- uh, article yet for the week. But looking at the playoff standings, the matches remaining, New Mexico United does sit fourth in the table currently on 42 points. They sit or three points behind Colorado Springs. Uh, even level of matches with basically everybody that's in the playoff hunt currently. Although, to be fair, no one in the Western Conference is entirely out of it yet. Um, I know RGV and Orange County have like a less than three. I'm pretty sure RGV has less than 1% chance according to 538. Orange County has a less than 3% chance. And, but both clubs are still mathematically in it. And the Mexico United's magic number appears to be right around 17 points, uh, judging by the number of matches left from everyone else. Uh, there is a slight bit of separation now between New Mexico United and the playoff line. We are we have eight points on El Paso and nine points on LA Galaxy. And I mean, honestly, results keep falling our way. Looking at the possible points remaining, I mean. I mean, like I said, no one in the West is out of it yet. I mean, is there any chance at all from what we've seen over the past couple of weeks that you think there's going to be a, a shift at the bottom of the playoff picture? Or do you think yeah, United gets a, a home match? Uh, the so, United getting a home match is tough. Go ahead, Earl. So, yeah, probably the same thing you're about to say. Um, United having a home match is something I don't want. That's not what I was going to say at all. Okay, good. <laughs> Um, well, I didn't take your, your thought. Um, and reason being, I know I'm a United fan, whatever. Um, I should always be pulling for a home, home field advantage or home, home match at least. Um, but the way we've played at home is not good. Yeah. We did just come off a two, nothing win. Um, that was the first one since I think May or June. That it was, was July 6th. So, yeah, so about a month and a half, a little over a month and a half that we hadn't won at home. Um, That's something that worries me a little bit. So, no, I don't want to have a home match. I would much rather sit in fifth place and travel to the third-ranked team, which looks like Colorado Springs, and go from there. I'm very confused by what you just said, Earl. Um. Maybe it was the fourth ranked team. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, if, we, if we're in fifth, we play the fourth. Uh, it's 
if you were to ask me what was going to happen, uh, it's going to come down to us, Sacramento and Colorado Springs. Two of us will get a home match. One of us will be on the road. Um, out of the three, out of those three, it's, I mean, who the hell knows? Um, Sacramento is two points behind, but have a game in hand. Like you said, we're three points behind Colorado Springs, but we play them on Friday. We uh, have two matches uh, in Colorado Springs. Yeah, yeah, we do. And one's not till the very last game of the season, though. So yeah. uh, that could be big or it could be settled by then. Who knows? Um, but we have a big one coming up this weekend. Uh, Saturday? Is it Saturday? Or is it mm-hmm. Sunday? Saturday? Saturday. Okay. Um, and so that is... Those three teams, to me, are are kind of uh, uh, that... I think San Antonio and San Diego are going to be up one, two, and then three, four, five is kind of up for grab grabs. And then six and seven, who the hell knows, man? Um, Seven points uh, separate seventh from 13th, Mm -hmm. Um, 10 points from six to 13th. Not unheard of. Most of the teams, well, most of the teams outside of the playoff picture right now have at least one match in hand on those bottom two teams that are in the playoff picture, uh, if not two matches. Um, RGB's got three. On El Paso, yeah, but they yeah. only have two on Las Vegas. So um, I think I think Las Vegas gets in. Um, but that seventh place, I mean, I, I feel way more confidently that it's not going to be El Paso than I do that it is going to be El Paso, even though they're sitting there right now. They have the most matches played in the West. Uh, They have not been consistent. They have not looked great. Um, You have a team like Phoenix who just hires a new head coach, and we know the talent that's there. We're going to get to that here in just a little bit. I figured. So (laughs) who knows what they're going to look like. Um Kind of the same thing for Oakland. They've got a new head coach, uh, or at least a new interim head coach. Um, so who knows what's going to happen there? Los Dos is going to Los Dos. Um, Monterey Bay is probably the my favorite team out of the bunch, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run. Um, even though we beat them 2 nothing on Saturday, I still think they're a quality club. And so that bottom part of the... Uh, who I mean, El Paso... It wouldn't be out of the question to me that El Paso finishes dead last in the West. And right now they're sitting in a playoff spot. So there's really no telling what's going to happen there. Um, but I, I do think we've got a decent chance of hosting a playoff game. Uh, we only have three of our last eight matches at home, um, which can bode well for us if we can continue the the road form that we've had all season. And so... It's we're, we'll just I if gun to my head we host a playoff game, and I want to host a playoff game. Unlike uh, the um, soon to be soulless robot uh, of Earl over here, I I really want that home game. I want uh, I want that stadium to be packed. I want it to be loud. And if that's a detriment to the team, that's a detriment to the team. But I think the city deserves. Uh, Think that the city deserves a, a chance there to host a playoff game. Yeah, those three remaining home matches you talked about, we have El Paso, Los Dos, and Colorado Springs. So all of those are going to be interesting to see. And of course, on the road, we have Colorado Springs, RGV, San Antonio, Las Vegas, and San Diego. 
Earl, obviously you don't want us to play have a home playoff match. Is there any particular reason that you don't want that? And where do you think United ends up in the playoff standings? You must work for Chris Walker. No, no, I don't. I literally told you why I don't want to play at home. Because our farm hasn't been good. Exactly. And he's superstitious and annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, exactly like Jacob just reiterated. Uh, we play like... Did, did something happen? What just happened? I don't know. Earl's trying to come up with something. So, Earl, I got, I've got a question for you while you're doing that. We play like shice. <laughs> Earl, is there a reason why you don't win a home playoff match? Yeah, because we play like shice at home. So Earl, that's can, not, Earl that's we've not got a... Uh, or we've got an interesting scenario here. Obviously, United hasn't played well, well at home. Um, do you think that changes with the playoffs? No. God damn it, Seth. <laughs> okay, so real quick, guys. Real quick. How many how many times at home have we been just flat out outplayed? Nine. Memphis and Birmingham. Well yes. Yeah, I'd say yeah, those two. Yeah, just those two, right? So two out of thirteen. Is that is my number correct there? Four, four, and five. Yeah, thirteen. Um we just haven't been able to hold on there. Um and so I'm if if we host a playoff game, our home record is gonna have to improve. We're gonna have to beat Colorado Springs, we're gonna have to beat El Paso, and probably gonna have to beat Los Dos. So assuming we host a playoff game, our form will be better. And um that means I'm not nearly as worried about it as I might be like right now. And so I want to host a playoff game because that means we were playing better at home. So you just mentioned the the final eight uh eight matches there, Seth. How many points does United come away with in those eight, eight matches? All right, let's see. So Colorado Springs. Car in, in Colorado Springs. In Colorado, I think that we get a I think we get a point there. Okay. Home for El Paso. I think that's three. Okay. Away at RGV. That's three. Okay. At San Antonio. Nothing. At Las Vegas. Um Trejo's gone. So I'm gonna say one. Okay. Home for Los Dos. One. At San Diego. Zero. And then home for Colorado Springs. Uh I would say three. So that puts us at twelve points right there. That puts us at fifty-four. Yeah. I I think I, I was pretty much with you there. I think Los Dos 
has a chance to be three. Uh, and I think San Diego has a chance to be one um, everywhere. And maybe what'd you say for Vegas? One, one. Three. Yeah. And I think that has a chance to be three. So I, I, when I went through it a minute ago, I said 15. So I had one, one result there different than you did. And, and uh, I think, I think if we get anywhere between 12 and 15, there's a pretty good possibility we're hosting a playoff game. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, looking at where everyone else is, if we end up on uh, okay, so you said you said fifteen, so if we end up fifty-seven. Yeah, I think we definitely end up on a on a over the home match there. I think if we get fifty-four, which really is I, what I, we predicted this a few weeks ago. Um, I said we'd end up what around fifty-one, fifty-two. Yeah, I, I was way higher. I said sixty yeah. something, but then we lost three games at home, so <laughs> you can't you can't lose three games in a row at home and uh, and get to that sixty-point mark. Yeah. Yeah. I, so yeah, I, I still think. I think I'm being. I still think I'm being a little bit optimistic here with 50, with another twelve points, but it's not outside the realm of possibility. I still think we end up maybe fifty one, um, but, and I think that would be enough for a home playoff spot, as well. Um, Earl, um, how many points do you think United needs to get a home playoff match and? Why don't you want one? <laughs> so just just real quick while Earl seethes for a minute. Uh, if we keep up with our current pace this season, um, we're averaging about 1.61 points per match. That would put us at 55, 54, 55 um, at the end of the season, which I think is is for sure doable. So, Earl, um, my, my question to you, how many points? I do you think, think that we need about 12 points. Okay. 13 points to have a home match. All right. Yeah, sounds good. I have, I, I have all sorts of numbers a few week, from a few weeks ago when I was when I did math um, as far as like projected points based off of uh, what mine was. I have to go back and find, I don't know where my notes are from that show, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously United still has a chance. So real quick, the, and I was curious about the Sacramento schedule. Um, Sacramento has Oakland, uh, but then they are away at loose city. Um, they also have a U.S. open cup final match in there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, they, they'll lose that. So, Probably, but but they're still going to try, and that's energy that they're going to have to expend. Uh, the one good thing that Sacramento has had is that in the semifinal and then the final match, their next match has been against absolutely terrible competition in Charleston, mm-hmm. and then the after the final match, they get to host Loudon. Um, so those are scheduling gifts for them. But then they finish home for Orange County, away at San Antonio, home for Phoenix, at Los Dos, home for Pittsburgh and then home for loyal. So they do have a lot of home matches, but they have home matches against some tougher competition in Pittsburgh and San Diego for sure. Um, Phoenix, like I said, I don't know what they're going to look like. And then they do have to go on the road to both San Antonio and Loose city. So uh, I, I feel like our chances of hosting mathematically, if you just go by odds are probably higher um, 
than theirs for sure. And then we may even pass Colorado Springs, depending on how those two matches against them go. I mean, we can we can pass them pretty easily if we can get six points out of those two matches. Yeah, it's pretty tough into the season schedule for Sacramento there. Um, but uh, looking ahead to let's look ahead real first, real quick for ours against Colorado Springs this weekend. Obviously, Colorado coming in after a win against Tampa Bay, uh, one nil win there. Prior to that, they had not been playing particularly well, especially at the defensive end. Um, we know what they're capable of. We know they have some talented forwards, especially looking at Saturday night in Colorado Springs. Jacob, what do you think happens in this match? I think since it's in Colorado Springs, um, I, I feel pretty good about, honestly, I'd feel pretty good about our chances, even, even if it was here this weekend. Um, they, they're a team that gives up a lot of chances and a lot of goals. You mentioned that defensively they've been struggling. Uh, just to put it into perspective, um, before the Rowdies match, they had given up three to Sacramento, four to El Paso, three to Orange County, four to Phoenix Rising, three to Charleston Battery, three to San Diego Loyal, and two to LA Galaxy. Um, also, one nothing loss to El Paso before that, and a 3-2 loss to San Diego. Uh, so... Uh, that's a lot of goals. Uh, if you weren't keeping track there, uh, it's a, it's a lot of goals in, in a few, a few handful of matches there. And so I feel like you, you look at that, uh, you look at our attacking options that we have, if we can just put it together even a little bit. And, and that's a team that, you know, might, might be a team that we can get right against offensively. And, and so I see us going in there and, and, uh, probably controlling the match pretty pretty much like we did Saturday. It's just going to be a matter of finishing and uh, and containing Haji Berry. And I, I think that we've got a pretty good chance of doing both of those. Earl, how do you feel about our pacing options at the back? And do you think we can slow down uh, guys like Haji Berry? I think so. If we can have – if we go with the same lineup that we did on Saturday – I, I feel confident about our chances. Um, if we have a strong midfield like we did, we are definitely pretty decent. Well, I mean, we're definitely going to have to do something, obviously, with the injuries that we have. Um, do you think maybe you know, Raddy gets a shout here? And do you think that he's a guy that can match up against Haji Berry? I would love to see Raddy. Don't get me wrong. Um, do I think he can match up with Haji Berry or Avis, Elvis Amo or, or uh, Mitchy Galena? No, not at all. Um, those are probably some of the fastest people. <laughs> Look at Earl coming in with names from the opposing <laughs> team. Yeah. Yeah, I've done my homework. <laughs> and um, pronouncing them almost correctly. Who did I mispronounce? It's Amo, I believe. Amo, Amo, but close enough. Potato, potato, um, exactly. Whenever Colorado Springs gets Lesane right... Then I'll pronounce Amo right. Well, we'll never um, know. Lesesne. Because he's not here anymore. So we'll never Lesesne, know. Lesesne, like lasagna, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that Raddy can pace with those guys. I think he does get burnt. So I'm hoping that he has someone strong behind him that can definitely step up in that, slow something down right there. Well, Raddy, Raddy wouldn't be faced up against him, anyways. Raddy plays that Suggs. Swartz, 
occasionally we'll see Yearwood out there and, and they're asked to do more than just defend. So, so you're really, especially in a back four, uh, you're really looking at, at Raiden and, and Swahi or Tete or Yearwood, uh, depending on what we go with. And, and, uh, also Colorado Springs hasn't really been using Haji as like a nine, uh, He's been more of a, a false nine or a ten, kind of dropping back and and pulling strings and letting the wings kind of attack and 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 the names that Earl mentioned earlier, uh, Amo and and uh, Mishi, um, they're going to be the speed on the outside and and let let Barry orchestrate with them, but then if we drop back to to deal with that speed on the wings and spread out, Haji will definitely take available take advantage of the space that we leave in the middle there. So um, it, the thing with Haji is that he can do a bunch of different things. So even though they've been using him in that way for most of the season, we have seen him make some, some pretty, pretty good runs up the middle and into the channels and, and play more forward number nine role. And so you just have to be ready for anything with him. And, and that's going to be tough. It's, it's, to me, it's going to come down to more of the midfield, and if they can control that possession and control the ball, and not let the the midfielders of Colorado get in a space where they can make those passes to to the to the runs of of Amo and and Barry and and Michi, Michi, um, and that's that's going to be where it boils down to because because if Colorado Springs against anybody, if the midfielder gets in those positions to make those passes those front three are going to destroy teams at times. You just, you cannot stop all three of those um, with, with a back four or a back three, or, or probably even a back five. Um, the, if, if, if the midfield gets time to make passes and, and see the field and see those runs, then, then they're going to get open and they're going to get chances. So, so really it's going to come down to Portillo who I thought looked good this last match. And, and I'm really, really, really happy to have him back. I really liked Sam uh, playing uh, on that back line more than in the midfield, um, and more on, out on the side, out on out on one of the wings, and as opposed to to a more central role. and And uh, wouldn't be opposed to having him there, but I, I think Ratty and Yearwood would be uh, better suited defensively for those positions. Uh, Sam's not the fastest. He's more of a cerebral. Hold on. I think if I take another drink, I'll I'll have better speech. Sure, let's try that. Cerebral. See, told you. He's more of a cerebral player instead of a a quick player, and we need speed out there, especially on those wings to to protect against those front three. And so I think the speed aspect of our back line is going to be in trouble if, if we get put in a position where we can get burned there. So the best way to defend against them is to just not let them have the ball and get in those positions. And when they do get the ball, you get your ass back. I don't care what else is going on. You you don't even worry about trying to press high and, and get the ball back. If you're that back line, as soon as they get possession, you're backpedaling your ass off or turning around and sprinting back to that 18 yard box. Yeah. That transition is going to be really important, especially against the pace from Colorado. And they've got guys in the midfield. You talked about it a little bit, you know, guys like Cam Lindley, 
um, guys who are playmakers, guys who are going to be able to put that ball into the dangerous areas. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see how we handle the pace on Saturday. Um, Earl, what's your scoreline prediction for Saturday evening? So, in the last 11 times that United has played Colorado, do you know what the record is? Let me see. We probably won seven of them, at least. You said how many times? Eleven? Eleven. I think it's eight, oh, and three. I'd say okay, six. You're, you're wrong. Six, six, one, and two. You're also wrong. And that was that was not enough games. That's why that was wrong. Yeah. Let me try that again. Uh six, two, and three. No, you're also wrong. Games. Uh six. How many have we won? Damn it. We've won eight times. Okay. I have eight. We've also lost twice, and we drew once. Okay, I thought it, I thought we had a, a couple of draws in there. No, you're probably because I know I know two. last year when we played them, we played them four times last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe we we won, lost, and drew, and then apparently we drew. I thought we drew twice, but apparently somebody else had a victory in there and i think it was us actually you said we so played them four times i thought so yeah yeah so we did play them four times two one and one the last time we beat them the last time we played them september 4th 2021 we won three to two july 9th when we played them three to one um july 20 or june 25th like the week before we lost three to one and then may 21st we beat them three to one so we were That's three right, one. Yeah. Okay. So I remember my three. I remember three one being a, a headline there because I remember yeah. going into last game. I think we all predicted three one because I had been the first three goals or first. Three so minutes. looking back at their eleven prior matches, you have one, two, three, four, five, five of the eleven matches they've won three to one. So three to one. What the fuck have you done with Earl? <laughs> What is this alien? That this is, is all him. I, I have given him. I haven't no, coached you. him at all. I, I'm there's an alien that has taken over Earl's body that is obsessed <laughs> with professionalism, and it's weird. All right, Jacob, what's your score line? Yeah, I think three two. Um, us. I think the. I think we finally get over the hump a little bit offensively, and and then we're. They they score. Uh, they can score when they want to, and. Uh, we saw that uh, the four four El Paso match uh, here a couple weeks ago. That was just batshit insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, go up three nothing in the first ten minutes, go down four three, and then tie it in the at the death. Uh, they they just play some crazy games. So I think this is also a little crazy, but we hold on for a win and and we get that three two victory. So also adding on to my score prediction, I do believe that Freighter scores finally this season. The last. Two times that he has played against Who? Colorado. Freighter. Freighter. Exactly. They don't have the it's cool button. So. Um, it's it's <laughs> I will take the button away from you, sir. Sorry, go ahead. Anyways, so the last two times that Freighter has played Colorado, he scored on them. Yeah, he had a hat trick against him. Dating back one. to May 18th, he hat tricked him. And then May 29th, he scored in the death to tie or to to get the game winner. 
So yeah, Freighter's done well against Colorado. We will we will give him that. So I think Freighter at least picks up two. Interesting. Okay, two for Freighter. All right. Um, Colorado has issues at the back. Now, obviously, they look better against Tampa Bay. I don't know what I don't know what happened with Tampa Bay on that one. But Colorado has issues. They've given up a lot of goals lately. They really have. And that's a dangerous thing to do, especially against a club like United, who has guys that can get forward and can put shots on target. I'm going to say, and we are and we are better at the back than a number of these teams that Colorado has faced lately. We're especially better at the back than El Paso. Um, so I'm going to... El Paso has Yuma playing real minutes in the back right now. Yeah. <laughs> so that just tells you where they're at. Yeah, they really do. Um so I'm I'm gonna say two nil. Two nil United on the road. Wow. Yeah. How do you fuckers go from having us lose Wednesday to uh handily winning on the road at a team that is ahead of us? Because Memphis is a good team. So is Colorado. A, a really good team. Colorado is a roller coaster ride right now at six flags. Colorado, yeah, Colorado has not been good of late. Memphis, I think Memphis is better than Colorado. Yeah, I would agree with that. But so, yeah, and, and I just feel like I feel like Memphis has a lot more going for them. So, I mean, it's easy to pick against United in that one. So, all right, there you have it. That's our scoreline predictions for this weekend against Colorado Springs. You've heard our recap of Memphis and Monterey Bay over the weekend. I do have one final topic I want to talk to you guys about before we get out of here. And that is the alleged tampering by Phoenix Rising FC with new head coach Juan Guerra, who was at Oakland Roots SC until this week. Um, obviously, nothing has been done by the league to this point. No one can seem to find any rules directly, you know, directly tied to coaches and tampering as far as that goes. Do you, first of all, I mean, the question here is. Did Rising overstep in their attempts to bring in Juan Guerra? I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. It damn sure seems like it. Uh, Juan was suspended uh, from Oakland, basically, before mm-hmm. any of this came out. Which seems to me they were not happy with something that he did. Uh, timing would tell me that it has something to do with this uh, little transaction here. Um, Phoenix fires their coach. Uh, this happens. It it seems fishy from the outside, but much like uh, see, this is where I'm going to separate myself from the Phoenix fans. And uh, instead of sitting here going, ah, they're pieces of shit. I can't believe they're conspiring against us. Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna say, hey, I'll give you guys the benefit of doubt since nothing's happened, and if something comes out and you guys get in trouble, then I will be like, oh, okay, you guys fucked up. Which, of course, um, if we play out that scenario in our heads for a minute, uh, USL finds out they tampered, comes down on them. Uh, Vagina Plaster will soon tweet uh, that the USL is out to get them and that it was bullshit. And um, then we just fuel the Phoenix Rising fans' fire uh, for their hatred of this league and and uh other teams in it so let's hope that happens because i when phoenix twitter melts down it's it's one of the more entertaining things in the world well earl this was obviously collusion on the part of new mexico united the fact that uh rick shantz got fired and then the league 
may or may not be investigating Phoenix Rising for the potential collusion and tampering of Wangara. Um, how badly was New Mexico United implicated in this, and how does that impact their ability to host a home playoff match? Well, you see, it, it, it's always United's fault. It's always United's fault. If the sun rises on the east, it's United's fault. If the sun is covered by a rainstorm, it's also United's fault. Um, so really, Phoenix I... Phoenix doesn't see rain. What are you talking about? I can actually um, care less about Phoenix. And from what I've seen, this Juan Guerra character wasn't that great in Phoenix anyways. That's why I let him go. Um, so for him to come back... Stay the course, I guess. I, I think it's hilarious that rising fans were like, Yes, 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 let's get him, let's get him. Um, Rick took this team to unimaginable heights in 2019. Uh, as much as I hate to give them credit that year, they, I mean, they just they won 20 games in a row, they won 20 matches in a row, not didn't lose for 20 matches, they won 20 matches in a row. That's fucking insane. Um, and they have one bad stretch, uh, in, in the four years that they've, that he's coached there and the sky is falling and they're doomed to hell and get rid of them and making TIFOs to get them out of there. Uh, just fucking crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And I have found that in sports, not always, but a lot of the times karma comes to bite you in the ass. Uh, so when this Juan Guerra project uh, falls flat on its face and they are even worse in the next couple of years with him uh, than they were with Rick this year, uh, I'm going to laugh hysterically. Yeah, Juan Guerra, it's, it's an interesting hire to say the least. Obviously, um, Oakland has not necessarily been great this season. I feel like they, they, they started to play a little bit better, but I mean, they're, They've won one of their last five, which of course was over El Paso, and that's so that's not actually saying a whole lot at this point. Um, how much of a difference does Juan Garib make to Phoenix Rising? No, I just said it. he's going to be worse than Rick. Um, they they might see an uptick for a few matches because uh, a lot of the times when you're struggling and you make a coaching change in sports, uh, it just kind of lights a fire under players and they tend to play a little bit better. And um, they might try a little harder and, and might get some results here. But in the long run, um, I, I, I think they, they made a mistake. And, and now I say they made a mistake. But at this point, there was no way Phoenix could keep Rick Chance, right? I mean, they, they would have had, had a mutiny. Like from a, from a football tactics standpoint, they could have and probably should have. But from a fan standpoint, if you want your fan relations to not be an absolute disaster, which I think they will always be with with the rising fans that are in existence, um, it, it had to happen. Whether it was this year or at the end of the season, I think it had to happen. So uh, I'm I'm with the move now. I just think that the fans were stupid for wanting it so badly. And they're the ones that are going to suffer when, when the team doesn't reach the heights that they had under Rick and they're going to cry about it because they're, they're not making the playoffs. I, I said that they would make the playoffs or said that they could make the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to say with this coaching move, they're not going to make the playoffs. 
All right, so I have to actually correct myself. Okay. I think them and El Paso both missed, just for the record. Juan Guerra was never the head coach of Phoenix. No, he was not. Nope. He was the assistant in 2021, which they did kind of decent. They did lose in the first round, but whatever. Um, but I still don't think that he's going to – I think he'll stay the course of what he did at Oakland, where since August 18th he's won six games. Or he's picked up six points. Sorry. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, Miss Red. And I still think you misspoke a little bit. <laughs> I might August have. 8th, I don't know. August 18th was four days ago. So if they got six points in four days, that's... that's August 9th. Good. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it's the hire that rising fans think it's going to be for them. Um, Garrett, he's still, to me, very much unproven. I mean, obviously... Oakland thought highly enough of him to bring him in over there and give him the head coach opportunity. But I just don't know that he's going to be able to get enough out of rising to get them back into a playoff spot. And I honestly think they made the wrong decision to let go of chance. I really do because I think it's more an issue of they had problems on the pitch with their, Uh, what's the right word? What's the word I want? Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah. They just, they weren't performing. They weren't, their execution wasn't there. They lacked pace at the back. They, you know, and, and part of that's on chance, part of that's on the front office, part of that's, you know, on the players on the pitch. And so the issues weren't necessarily with the coaching. I think it was more with the expectations and the, the actual performance that they were seeing. So, um, I mean, yeah, I know people talk about bringing Rick Chance here. I'm like, no, no. I mean, but but at the same, you know, you know, winning cures a lot of ales, you know. So I, I don't know that I would want him here, but I know there are some people that would, and I just, you know, I I don't think this is the hire for Phoenix. I don't think it's going to work out. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see it being a good thing for them. Yeah, I think we all agree there. Maybe, or I don't know what Earl's take is, but I think we all agree there. Earl, what's the key to United making the playoffs and getting a home match? And can we win a home match? Can we win a home match? Depends how our midfield plays. If our midfield plays the way we did this past weekend, then yes, we can. Um, The keys to a home match is obviously winning games. And how do you go about um, winning games, Earl? You're a stupid son of a bitch. Hang on, I got you right here. Hold on. <laughs> Hang on. Let's see. Manje Kaka. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but. I mean, um, eat shit. Earl, do you think United uh, has a goal of 15 wins this year? Do you think they make that? Do you think that makes the, the playoff run possible? Where are we at? Mm, I don't know where the fuck we're at on game. We have eleven. We have eleven right now, and we have eight games left. Yes. Okay, that's all that I have. Or I just wanted to get make sure we had your take on on record as far as United making the playoffs and why you don't think they should host a playoff match. Oh, I know we make the playoffs. I mean, we would have to shit the bed or chance the bed. 
um, in order to miss. And even then, it's a very, very far chance that we still miss. Um, I just don't want to play a home game. That's for sure. All right. I think that's uh, going to just about do it for us here this evening. I uh, appreciate everyone hanging out with us. Jacob, get us out of here. Yeah, you malakas. Um, I don't, I don't know where to go with that, Earl. I was trying to think of something, and uh, it's just, it's just not gonna happen. So, uh, those of you that watched us live, uh, appreciate you guys. Those of you that joined in the chat, which I believe tonight was just Harry, if I'm not mistaken, was it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Harry, we love you like always. Um, next Tuesday, uh, nine o'clock again. Hopefully, all three of us will be here. Barring episode 99 circumstances um you should have known that was coming <laughs> uh tuesday nine o'clock youtube twitter facebook uh facebook and youtube if you want to comment and and chat with us live uh hopefully we will be talking about three points on the road against colorado springs and and uh, and move into a tie for third place at least uh and so hopefully we can do that. And and maybe, I don't know, when this, uh, um, what is it? Ca- clash of Clans, Cla- Castle Clash, Castle, uh, Castle, something Castle is. But clash we'll talk at about the it. Castle. Clash at the Castle. Close enough, Clash of Clans, whatever, man. Uh, Speaking I don't know of Clash of Clans, can we talk about my, fo- about my, about my fort? Uh, hell no, we can't talk about your fort and Clash of Clans. Sorry, real quick, um, are we doing fantasy football this year? I mean, I am. I don't know if we're doing one with us. Okay. Uh, I know we kind of hadn't mentioned it. I'm down if if we want to. All right. But uh, let's put it out on Twitter. Let's get some folks. Okay. Okay. You want me to put the league together? Yeah, if you want, go for it. Okay. I will do it on ESPN because that's what I do. Are you going to do a on. snake draft or, or auction draft? No, I will do a snake draft because... <laughs> unless a lot of money is on the line, I don't want to put five hours into an auction draft right now. Um, so yeah, uh, we will have details on that next week. Um, and look on Twitter and Facebook and stuff for, for details sooner than that. So Tuesday, nine o'clock, um, we'll be back. Hopefully talking about three points and until then it's almost news. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.